Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Speaking of, of minor movie roles, did you know Rita Moreno's in. Singing in the Rain? Where's she in Singing in the Rain? <laughs> she plays Zelda, who I think has like two lines. Oh, yeah. Evil Zelda. Evil Zelda. <laughs> evil Zelda. That's Rita yeah. Moreno. There you go. Everyone, were you in it? I was. I was in Singing in the Rain. I played the plant that Lena Lamont can't make love to. Ah. <laughs> I played the dummy that Donald O'Connor dances with and make him laugh. Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour. I am Tommy. I am Jimmy. And we are your weekly podcast with show tunes and spirits. Aww. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you drinking today, Jimmy? Well, today, seeing as I am Scottish, and I don't know if anyone knows that yet, so I am drinking Iron Brew. Ooh. Mm. I've got a, I've got a, what is this? An extrovert American IPA, because I'm American. You are. <laughs> but you're drinking an India Pale Ale? Uh, Mixed signals, Tommy. From America. That's true. It's an American <laughs> Indian Pale Ale. But nothing to do with American Indians. Exactly. Our, our quiz question from last time was very well thought out. Yeah. Uh, it's probably our best. I think so. I think so. It definitely took us the longest, but for maybe different reasons. Uh, in case you missed it, it was what musical's title song's first lyric goes like this when poorly translated. Quote, condone violence in the cloud from any location monitoring. Surely that's a Stephen Sondheim or something. <laughs> no, Jimmy. With, that, with it... that caliber of rhyme. No, it's singing in the rain. Singing in the rain. I love that show. <laughs> when when did you first see this show? This movie, um, I guess. Probably later than I should. Um, it was uh, two of my best friends, Casey and Martin, who are now wed. Oh, it's Martin's favorite of all time. Yeah. And they showed me it in, what, let's say like 2009, 2008? Holy crap. I know, that's late, isn't it? I mean, I think I saw this movie when I was five. Wow. Yeah, this might be one of my earliest musicals I ever I ever witnessed and took part of. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. And were you, were you like instantly hooked? I mean, yes and no. I have a, I have a love-hate relationship with Singing in the Rain. Mostly love. Okay. Mostly love. I mean, th so what? This is. Would you call this the greatest movie musical? Um, I'd say I'd say it's up there. I really, yeah. really would. I mean, it is. It is liter It literally tops the lists. Like AFI's 100 greatest musicals and things like that. Yeah, it's number one. I think of of its time, and by that I don't mean like oh, it was only good then. Right. But I mean of the that era of movie musicals, the MGM musicals. I think it is the best. It's certainly the most iconic. Easily. And everyone knows Singing in the Rain. Everyone I just think every single person yeah. knows that. For the two people out there who feel really lonely and who haven't seen Singing in the Rain, <laughs> what is this show about? 
the basic premise is it takes place in a time uh, when silent movies were going out and the talkies, as they're called, are this this new revolutionary picture idea. Um, and they're they're taking the movie industry by storm. This is a demonstration of a talking picture. Notice, it is a picture of me and I am talking. And we have kind of massive famous actor called Don Lockwood, played by Gene Kelly, who basically discovers this beautiful kind of ingenue, wonderful dancer called Kathy Selden, who's been kind of doing the vaudeville circuit, but wants to be a proper actress. So he kind of takes her under his wing and nurtures her whilst trying to combat with all of these new talking pictures <laughs> alongside his fellow leading lady, Lena Lamont. Lena Lamont, who has the unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunate affliction of an awful voice, which the worst as an, voice. A, an actress in the early talkie movie age is not a good thing. It's not good, exactly. <laughs> and then alongside them, we've got Donald O'Connor, just making us all happy. And <laughs> Donald O'Connor is there too. Yeah, pretty much. Second banana, best friend. And yeah. maybe, maybe we'll talk more about him later. I have some theories yeah. about uh, uh, Cosmo Brown. Ooh, what could they be? Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. So this, this movie musical is based on reality in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. I would say. Which is interesting for a musical comedy. Yeah, definitely. Because especially of that era, it was all kind of, not fantasy, like we're not talking in space, but it was like hyper-romantic or... You know, it's happening over out in the cornfields or right. the sea or wherever. Right. Whereas this is just, you know, L.A. Yeah, it's, a, it's L.A. It's Hollywood in the 20s. They talk about the jazz singer and other, you know, talkies of the time. Yeah. There's, there's a whole montage with, like, actual references to actual early 20s and 30s and 40s movies. Uh, watching it. I actually learnt a lot, which I never expect to do from early music comedies. Yeah, because I don't, I don't really know, you know, the the transition and mm -hmm. or just how I guess what it took to be a silent film actor as opposed to a non-silent, a talking film actor. Yeah, and you never really think like, oh, there there is a huge distinct difference there. Yeah, and it's a shame because you're you know people like Lena Lamont, she'd be out of a job. It's very inside Hollywood in a lot of ways. Mm. You know, it's it's definitely elevated, and I I don't there is certainly some suspension of disbelief mm -hmm. in the same way that like you know who can sit down at piano at a piano and just write out a song. But I think one of the things that attracted me a lot to it at a very young age and like why it fits in in my canon very well is it's about a lot of it's about technical theater too yeah like figuring out the technology of the talkie and like how you yeah. know the whole hiding the microphone scene and like that is an amazing oh, scene it's so funny you're right it, like it makes you realize that hey there's all of this backstage work going on yeah man Comden and Comden and green's screenplay for this thing is is really funny it's at, and it's like it's genuinely funny. It's not like oh, again, funny for the time. Right, but it is, like it is nowadays, funny it's still really funny. Like their characters yeah. are great, and just the number of one-liners. Like there's one point where um, when Cosmo and Don find Kathy again, and she previously, you know, last time they met her, she burst out of a cake. And yeah. Cosmo says, Gee, I'm glad you turned up. We've been looking inside every cake in town. Yeah. That's great. Well done, Covenant and Green. <laughs> we should talk about The Freed Unit. So this is a classic movie from Arthur Freed's, what, studio unit at mgm yeah it kind of he i think he came on he started off as like can it well not from the bottom but like middling and then just ended up just taking over and i think he was just he became the like chief studio exec it was still mgm but the freed unit was his posse they produced a bunch of movie musicals you heard about like he was an associate producer on the wizard of oz out of his unit came Gigi and on the town and an American in Paris and meet me in St. Louis, like yeah, all sorts of those classic movie musicals. And then singing in the rain, the, the classic movie musical. Yeah. And they're all like, I think from that list as well, they're such high quality. I think mm -hmm. that's what's really noticeable. Like I could still watch each of those today and love them. And that's, 
That's very impressive. Did you know, Jimmy, it is all of Arthur Freed's music in Singing in the Rain? I, I did know that. <laughs> Shocker. Um, but yeah, these songs weren't written for right. Singing in the Rain. It wasn't like, oh, I've got this great idea about the transition between silent films into talking films. I'm going to go write all this music. All the music was there. It was Freed and... Who, who was the other guy? Um, Nacio or Nacio Herb Brown? Uh, uh, I think h- I assume household it's... Household name. Household yeah, name. Yeah. <laughs> one of my faves. Good old NHB. I assume it's like Ignacio. Um, okay, well, apologize. Apologies out there. Yeah. <laughs> but so it's it's all their songs and... Yeah. They threw them together. They asked Camden and Green to like write a show around those songs. Which I think if you if you think of the songs... Mm-hmm. You know, well done, Compton and Green. Yeah, they did a fabulous job. Not, there's nothing linking them. Do you I know mean, what I mean? Would would you would you qualify this as a jukebox musical? I refer to this as a jukebox musical from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I I'd say in a sense, yes, because it's obviously come from a collection of songs by one artist that haven't been written for the show. Mm-hmm. But I would say. It's not in the form of jukebox musical that we know at the moment, where it's like taking popular songs, you know yeah. what I mean? Like popularized songs and sticking them in. So I, I would be reluctant to call it a jukebox musical. To call it a jukebox musical. musical. I th- it's... And I think as well, because at that period of time, you know what I mean? You had people like Coral Porter, you had people like the Gershwins, yeah. who were doing the exact same thing. And I exactly. don't think you'd ever call them a jukebox musical. That's so. true. Maybe it's even, I wonder, comparatively, perhaps, because, like, a lot of the songs are very well incorporated in the plot, like Good Morning. Yeah. I would say almost every song, except, like, Beautiful Girl and the songs in the montages have some kind of plot serving. Oh, and um, uh, the Broadway rhythm, which we'll get to. Well, we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But most of the rest of them are, are well incorporated into the text and... Yeah seem useful and they do they all make sense they absolutely all make sense as the title of show bam say a shout out to camden shout and green. out to camden and green they've written so so many wonderful things they've just written all of the best things. peter pan on the 20th century bells are ringing uh on the town, on the town you have to give a master check because again the book for on the town is so good so I, good i love on the town anyway we're yeah. not talking about on the town <laughs> And applause, which is getting applause, applause nowadays, and it's revival. Yeah. Oh, so, it's fabulous! Yeah, they're they're a talented pair. And what isn't it just nice that they're just two two friends, two platonic two friends. friends? Yeah, yeah. The story goes. The, I I've been wading through the IMDb trivia for Singing in the Rain and a bunch of other locations, and I yeah. think more than any other movie, I have found like. You know, you find those facts where you're like, I don't think that's real. I think someone made right. that up at some point, and now we've decided that's trivia. Okay. I have found more of those facts for Singing in the Rain than I think <laughs> I have for any other thing I've ever researched. It's, I wonder why that is. Do you think it's just because it is so notorious? It's so popular. It's so notorious. People like to talk about it a lot. I mean, one uh, of the ones that I read that I believe was that Comden and Green moved into a almost foreclosed silent movie star's mansion to write the screenplay. And that like the old silent movie star had lost their job because they didn't have a good voice and right, okay. it helped them get in the mood of the era. So did, did they like discover secret diaries by the silent movie star <laughs> writing about how they speak in a very, very broad Jersey accent or whatever? I don't know. Well, you, I can imagine Camden and Green sitting around their dining room table eating their milk and sandwiches at one in the morning and thinking like, how are we going to get good morning into this picture? Wait, I've exactly. got it. And then, you yeah. Know, they and then they check the time. Out. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> and they were great tap dancers. Yeah. <laughs> that may or may not be true. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning, good morning to you. When the band began to play, the stars were shining bright. Now the milkman's on his way. It's too late to say good night. So good morning. One trivia fact that I have seen confirmed on several occasions, and that very much colors my opinion of this movie, is Gene Kelly's treatment of Debbie Reynolds. 
throughout. See, right. The so I'm like, I'm like, I'm kind of in it. I'm, I don't mind. <laughs> really? Uh, well, I think in, he's in such a sleazebag. Well, no, he wasn't like sexual with her. Is no, that what you're talking no, about? No, he was just no. mean. Yeah, he was mean, but he was mean to anyone who yeah. wasn't good. And I think his feelings, I liked, well, the way I like to think about it uh-huh. is that he was mean because he knew how good she was. Like, he wouldn't have let her in the show, in the film. He was a co-director, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, I maybe even like an exec, I don't know. Yeah. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't have let her in if she couldn't pull up the goods. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But you just hate I, it. Mm, I really struggle with directorial abuse of actors. I yeah. really, really struggle with that. And even, I struggle with it when like directors will justify it by saying, well, you're supposed to feel hurt in this scene or you're supposed to be sad uh-huh. but this is effing singing in the rain like yeah, exactly. you know happy exactly. tap dance smile they're supposed to be in love and the director is out there telling you that your tap dance isn't good enough and you know you're crying under a piano so the story goes well yeah i mean when i direct i'm not like that i'm lovely i'm really <laughs> really lovely but it, it it got the goods. That's true. Although I did hear that she had to have a meeting with Fred Astaire. That is the other trivia, is that Fred yeah. Astaire found her crying under a piano. Under a table. I heard table, but yeah, piano, See? we'll go with See? that. See? These are, uh, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But apparently he was equally drilling, and he was just like, no, this is just the way it is. And admittedly, that is yeah. kind of true. When you're, when you're tap dancing, it's not easy. Well, and that's even just how the studio culture was in the 40s and yeah. 50s very rigorous you have to churn out these movies so fast mm. um, and you know you have to do it right and i don't i mean i don't doubt that there's some element of misogyny in there oh i'm sure oh i'm sure there's a large element of misogyny in there it is the 50s hollywood or not like yeah exactly so that's i don't agree with that but I don't care. I just I'm in love with Gene Kelly. So <laughs> Debbie Reynolds called this one of the two most difficult things she's ever done. Yeah. You know what the other was? You what know was what the other was? Childbirth. 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 Well, tap dancing and childbirth. What more do you want in life, right? And you know, for for what it's worth, the child was Carrie Fisher. So yeah. Have you seen like things of Carrie Fisher now? Have I seen things of Carrie Fisher now? <laughs> Yeah, like as her, in like interviews or things like that. Like her in Star Wars? I saw her in Star Wars. Yeah, but did you see any like interviews with her? No, why? She's crazy. She's gone. She is crazy. She's she's, she's so come, crazy. She's come back down though. She's always the the dog she always carries with her is her therapy dog. Well that's it. Like it's it, it, but she's crazy in a great I'm not saying like, oh my god, I'm terrified of Carrie Fisher. Like her her <laughs> interviews are golden because of how I don't know. She's just living in another world. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's really good fun. I gotta watch some Carrie Fisher interviews. Yeah, exactly. There's. I'll send you some good ones. Send you some good <laughs> ones in particular. Some faves, but they're always always a treat. Life was a song. You came along. I've laid awake the whole night through. If I but dared. Think you care? This is what I'd say to you. You were meant for me, and I was meant for you. So yeah, he wasn't the nicest, and I yeah. think that's something that you hear about him all the time. Because even with you know his relationship with Fred Astaire, you know obviously they had literally virtually the same career and were direct rivals, I guess, and and they just didn't get on. But you know, it takes all types. Exactly, and he's still still really beautiful. That's why I like Fred Astaire more. And we will agree to disagree. <laughs> do you think Do you think Fred Astaire is beautiful? Uh, I think Fred Astaire is classy. Okay. I don't think I, think, I don't I think I don't, Gene Kelly is sexy. <laughs> I don't think Gene Kelly's sexy. <gasps> no, he is. No. Oh, no, he did, is. Have you have you been reconvinced about his sex appeal after seeing the HD 
Oh my um, god, right, okay. Revisions of Scene of the Rain. <laughs> Let me break this down. Okay. So I have I have like an old DVD uh-huh. of it. Um which is old. So it, it didn't look good and I was like, okay, I'm gonna so I went on iTunes and I downloaded it all very legally, which is good. I've got the receipts. Good for you. Claps for you. And it was in HD and I couldn't really believe it. I was like, oh my God, they've remastered Singing in the Rain. How great. Mm-hmm. And it starts off so well. And then like the first thing you see is this massive close up of Gene Kelly. Um, and the eyeliner and eyeshadow oh, man. is just, it's on fleek, I think the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> he is ready to hit the runway on the next season of RuPaul's Drag Race, season nine, starring Gene Kelly. Like, it's it's very well done. But I was like, that I've never noticed that before. And you wouldn't ever notice no, you that wouldn't before. Until the, you know, yeah. on like your p- potato filter cameras, but now we're in the land of HD. And I'm like, God. Man. And I did, I, I'm not going to lie, it did halt my sexiness feeling of Gene <laughs> Kelly. But it's fine, because I just went on YouTube, and everything was blurry again, and all was well. <laughs> you just squint when you watch movies now. That's, that's exactly. the key. <laughs> exactly. But te- Debbie Reynolds looked great. Oh, she, isn't she like point. 18 when this movie happened? I think she's very young. Something yeah. like that. She's so beautiful. Beautiful girl, you're a lovely picture. Beautiful girl, you're a gorgeous mixture of all that lies. Under the big blue sky My heart cries Beautiful girl You're a dazzling eyeful Beautiful girl I could never trifle If I had you You'd be my dream come true Do you want to Let's talk about the choreography Let's do it Because I think more than anything This movie shines for its choreography. Do you mean in particular to this movie, or do you mean this movie shines? This movie's choreography shines brighter than other. I think the element in this movie that shines the most, maybe above the screenplay, is its choreography. Yeah. Okay. It is definitely the most. The most iconic parts of this movie are related to its choreography. To dance. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. First of all, let's just get this out. Uh-huh. I need another tap movie. Yeah. Like, I miss it. I miss tap so much. Oh, man. I, it, I, I don't even know. It just, it fills me with glee and joy and excitement. It's so incredible. Like, and like, I, I only have a casual passing knowledge with tap, but I was watching it more particularly this last watch through. And I noticed like mm-hmm. in Good Morning, there's a part where they're about to walk up the stairs and they do like yeah. a quick little side time step before they start walking. It takes like a half of a second, but it's like seven or eight taps and it's so fast and so unnecessary. Their backs are turned to you. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it, it is not the focus of the moment, but like just those little flourishes in this movie. Yeah. It makes the whole thing. Yeah. Like the, that is it. Like the tiniest little flap will just add that extra beat of joy into yeah. your brain. It's so good. It's so good. And I think what I love as well is um, obviously one of the first ones that you see, uh, Fit as a Fiddle. Yeah. That uh, blows my mind. When they do like the little, I don't know, cross foot. Yeah. The like, thing, the like and they square dance. Sort of, opposite yeah. Ends of the stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whilst whilst playing a fiddle, yeah, you're like, I'm how, sure they're how not are playing you, it live. How are you moving? How are you not <laughs> tripping over yourself? Like, right? Holy cow! And just so impressive. Moses supposes. Like, Moses I can't hear Moses supposes without hearing the tap rhythm in my head. And remind me to get into that later about <laughs> cast recordings. It's that's one of the things I notice with these cast recordings. I enjoy the there are like the movie one will dub in the taps back in, but some of the Broadway one, yep. or the other. Um, uh, like West End performances have no tap sound in it, and it just sounds empty. It's like music written. It infuriates for tap. me. Yeah, exactly. It infuriates me. I'm like, it's not. It's not hard to do. No, you literally like just, just stick a mic yeah. near the floor. Exactly. Like it sounds great. It, it, it absolutely infuriates me because the, these songs mm-hmm. are kind of nothing without the tap. The 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 um dance break has been scored yeah. with tap in mind. And you're right, it sounds so empty because you've lost this huge, vital, percussive element. And I don't know why. I think, what is it, the Broadway? The original Broadway? There's a bunch of... The 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 cast recording landscape of this show is difficult to untangle. There's a bunch of studio recordings, there's a bunch of overseas productions that, like, 
don't qualify themselves well. It's don't. I mean, I would. My recommendation to people would be don't listen to anything but the movie version, except for maybe a couple key songs that were added to the stage productions. Yeah, exactly. But exactly, they're not. But just dip into they're it. not worth listening to in their entirety. Not at all. The movie is it. It made yeah, it. It's it. iconic. Roses, a rose, 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 Couldn't be a lily or a happy, happy dilly. It's gotta be a rose because it rhymes with Mose. we should probably say that that we're gonna refer a lot to the movie this time as opposed to the broadway show because i mean it was a it's better it was a it was a movie musical long before it was ever a stage musical yeah exactly it's one of those weird backwards interpretations of i don't think a lot of musicals take this journey and i think that speaks to how popular this movie musical was i don't think a lot of other movie musicals have such at least as successful stage adaptations. Well, I mean, the only one that I can think of is like American in Paris, really yeah. recently. Yeah, American in Paris. I mean, Wizard of Oz, exact same kind of. But even then, it's not even good. then. Yeah, no, and like the stage versions of Singing in the Rain do their very best to just try and recreate the movie on stage. I mean, literally, scene for scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> scene a for couple, scene. A couple songs here and there to cover transitions, but that's it. the The songs to listen to, by the way, to wrap that tie up there's a they give lena a couple songs in the stage versions yeah that are you know it's weird to hear her sing i think it's interesting to listen to him she has one that's called what's wrong with me which is certainly yeah. very funny but also just really difficult to listen to and i yeah. mean that in a physical way yeah like it's <laughs> it goes beyond adelaide like it is it's lena lamont you know what i mean <laughs> she does not let up and it's painful but I suppose that's what it should be, you know. It's not one you're going to stick on in the background to chill out and listen to a gash recording. But <laughs> I'm sure in the moment of the show, it's very yeah. funny. I don't understand it. What's wrong with me? Why doesn't he kiss me? He has a chance for a romance. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Shall we talk about uh, Broadway? Oh my god! (laughs) You gotta just tell me, tell me straight out. Do you like this number? No. Okay, good. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) The first time I saw the movie, uh, I like. I don't know whether I like went to the toilet or something. Uh I came back and we're in the middle of this. I was like, No, happened. So (laughs) I because I because I knew it was coming. I timed like the introductory scene to get into this because they're cool. watching they're watching rushes of the dubs they're yep. like watching uh debbie reynolds voice under lena and then don is like we're gonna we're gonna put a new we gotta throw a modern number into the picture so he's a hoofer going to broadway and it's like a 45 second scene to like introduce yeah. oh hey by the way this thing's about to happen and then all of a sudden yeah. it's gene kelly singing at the camera in like a technicolor vomit of dance and uh, for about like it feels like half an hour i mean yeah. it's not it must it must be about 10 minutes though at least 15 it bothers me so much jimmy <laughs> yeah completely like it doesn't have anything to do with the movie no it doesn't have anything to do with the in movie movie mm you never see it referenced or anything again. No. Nope. It's literally just a chance for Gene Kelly and that one sexy lady to show off. Sid Charisse, you she is the best part of that number, and don't call her that one sexy lady. Wait, it's not Sid Charisse, is it? It's Sid Charisse. That's Sid Charisse. <laughs> is that actually? Yeah! <laughs> I hadn't realized that. <laughs> That one sexy lady. One se- I just thought it was like token brunette. It, Sid Charisse. That now, that's good. That makes me a bit happier. She's the best part of that number. Like, if it's I mean, an ex- she really is. She's 
if it's an excuse to get Sid Sharice involved in the show, yeah, fine. Wow. Yep, that's her. Am I blowing your mind now? Yeah, I'll need to rewatch <laughs> it with with closer watching as opposed to just to be like, what's happening? Yeah. And just every now and then just singing, gotta dance. And then this weird Broadway rhythm. Like, what is that? The, the like, chorus choreography with, like, the shoulders and the jazz hands. Yeah. Like, if you look at them, they all know how stupid it is. Yeah. It's so, but I'm just, yeah, Gene Kelly must just have been like, listen, you guys, everyone else is doing really well in this movie. I need a moment where it's just me. Yeah. Okay. It's like, you know, I know I just had a solo dance number like a couple songs ago and it was the title number, but I think we could give me another one. Yeah, exactly. And so they did that. Yeah. I just. And it's not even... Like it's fine dancing. It's Gene Kelly, of course he does it well, but it's not it's nothing spectacular. Yeah, it's very high quality and it's good. And I think like all it does is it just dates the movie. Yeah. Because that I mean, there was loads of that, like nonsense tacked on guff. That and the the beautiful girl fashion show are very like I I love that though, because that's camp as that is so camp. It's camp and fun and not necessary <laughs> oh it's completely unnecessary <laughs> completely that is so that is oh my god those women uh, i want to be one of those women i don't know which one <laughs> i would choose to be monkey's fur and some bit yeah. of drama uh it's it's that is high drag right yeah. there <laughs> is it we'll we'll do we'll, look for it in your mailboxes soon the jim and tomic calendar where jimmy and i <laughs> pose as each of the girls in the beautiful girl segment and sing it in the rain <laughs> i mean if we ever get desperate for merch we know uh, what's coming <laughs> we know what's happening and the songs it's sweet the song's sweet it's catchy it's chauvinistic. i think i've got it in a fake book somewhere it's 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 a little creepy you have the lips that were meant to be kissed, and you're over sweet 16. That's still a little young. That makes, makes me uncomfortable. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Broadway rhythm, it's got me everybody dance. Broadway rhythm, it's got me everybody dance. Out on that gay white way in each merry cafe, orchestras play, taking your breath away. Broadway rhythm, it's got me everybody sing and dance. Can we talk about voice dubbing? That's the plot of the show, isn't it? The, it's just my favorite thing in the world is like the actual voice dubbing that happened in this movie about voice dubbing. Do you know about this? No, I didn't. All or at least most of Debbie Reynolds' singing voice was dubbed, which is funny because she is the actress who supposedly is brought in to dub Lena Lamont in everything else. But so when you hear her singing in like Good Morning and a couple other numbers, it's what's her name? Betty Noise's voice. But right. in some parts where Debbie Reynolds is quote unquote dubbing Gene Hagen, Lena Lamont, it's mm-hmm. actually Gene Hagen's real, not Lena Lamont voice. And then Debbie Reynolds is just lip syncing. Yeah. Like this, that blows my mind. Cause now you have to sit <laughs> and you have to think, okay, what were the execs thinking? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know what we'll do. We'll cast her. She can't sing, but that's okay. But she needs to sing for this person. Yeah. We'll get someone else I mean, who can sing for her. She can sing, but she's not allowed to sing. So we need to make sure that she can't sing. Uh, but she, we'll get her to sing it. Well, like, what the hell? Imagine that board meeting. It's, it's no more ridiculous than autotune. It's like a 50s version of autotune. I guess. I mean, <laughs> no, it's not. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like... In contemporary movie musicals, every actor has some Everything's form auto-tuned. of digital yeah, enhancement. Yeah. Even in a lot of live shows, they have, you know, backstage mm-hmm. auto-tuning or dubbing voices. Well, the difference for this is, is that these women were never credited. 
That's true. You don't know any of this. That's true. And it's a lot of it's still hearsay, too. Exactly. Yeah, completely. Because um, I, like you say, I had never heard about Miss, what's her name? Betty Noise. Betty Noise. Who makes a lot of noise. <laughs> I guess, like, the most famous one, and let's tip her hats to the now dearly departed Marnie Nixon, basically the queen of dubbing. What, what did she do? She was. Who, was, who did she dub? So, most famously, she dubbed. And I would say these are no secrets anymore. Like, I think right. everyone knows this. She's written a book. Anytime you, you get like the 100 greatest musicals, you find this fact out. But yeah, so she dubbed Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. So Audrey Hepburn was obviously cast in My Fair Lady because she was a big name. She's a fantastic actress. Cute as a button. Perfect. That's what you want. Obviously not taking into account the fact that She's not the strongest singer. Now, yeah. let's give her some credit. She can sing a little bit. And there's a recording that we will put in the show notes of you can hear her singing I Could Have Danced All Night. And, I mean, she does a great job, but it's not It's not an easy song. That that role was written for Mary Martin. Mary Martin went into Peter Pan, so they gave it to Julie. Julie, Andrews, who did fabulously. Who, yeah, exactly. She changed the game. That was just... Yes, but then, in the, lo- in the long history of stage-to-movie snubs, they... Went with Miss Audrey Hepburn. It's been happening since days of yore. Even Julie <laughs> Andrews gets snubbed every once in a while. But I think the joke is, is like um, Audrey Hepburn like called for them to cast Julie Andrews. She was like, surely this woman should be playing this role, which right. I think you know makes me like respect Audrey Hepburn a lot. Because I'm like, that's a good gig that you're wanting to give up there because you're so scared about your voice. So to solve all of that, they decided <laughs> to not tell Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> And then just get someone else to sing in their place, which is ridiculous and completely uncredited. I think there's an interview that I've been trying to find. I can't find it anywhere. But uh-huh. I think Marnie Nix says she got like $500. Holy cow. And that was it. That's crap, man. And, and not like royal, no royalties, just here's your fee. Thank you. Hollywood for Hollywood making drama. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And apparently, yeah, Audrey Hepburn was a gem about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The person who was not a gem was... Natalie Wood, who <laughs> can't sing. No, no, she cannot. There's not even there's not even any semblance of her being able to sing like Audrey Hepburn can. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in West Side Story, it kind of blows your mind. The same voice in West Side Story is the exact same voice in My Fair Lady. But yeah, Natalie Wood, but she kicked up a storm. Mm-hmm. Like she was she was really mean and horrible to Marnie Nixon. I hear that about Natalie Wood in general. Just another reason why she shouldn't have been in that film. Exactly. I want a series of all of these movies where Marnie Nixon dubs the voice until three quarters of the way through, and then Donald (laughs) O'Connor shoves her to the side, and then he dubs the rest of the movie. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That should happen to all of them. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain, what a glow. So my favorite part of this show is make them laugh and is Donald O'Connor. Bar yeah, nine. I mean, it, it is the best bit. There, said it's it. So good. Historical musical theater moment. Right musical, there. musical, movie, comedy, like spot on, fabulous. Should we talk about that song? Would you call this plagiarism? <gasps> Completely. <laughs> <laughs> so out with the weird London cast recording that features this song. Yeah. I've never heard the original. Like, I've never been able to find it. Be a clown? Yeah, like in like with from the thirties. Oh, you got I'll I'll i will put I'll put some links in the show notes. It's all over the place. Judy Garland used to sing it in duet in a tramp costume all the time. I'm sure I can wow. find that video somewhere. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me up. It is not only up. the same so the songs Be a Clown and Make them Laugh share very similar melodies and really share very similar content. Um, this, I, when you say similar, you mean the same. Basically the same. Yeah. And they're by different authors. It's important to point out. Be a Clown is by exactly. Cole Porter. Uh, and Make Him Laugh is a new song by Arthur Freed for this movie. Quote, unquote. Yes. Brand new. Yeah. But again, like singing in her own trivia, the story uh, goes yeah. that, you know, there wasn't a fuss kicked up because Freed, using all of his magical production powers, helped Cole Porter out by giving him the 
gig for writing the music for a movie called The Pirate, which we all know. (laughs) I've never heard of it. (laughs) And so by doing him that favour, Cole Porter was like, yeah, have my song and please make it historically amazing and take all of the credit, please. Um, I'm sure that's how it went down. I mean, it's worth it. It's a great number. I know. I'm not going to complain. Sorry, It's a wonderful number. It's so if you've never if you're gonna watch one number from Singing in the Rain, watch Make Him Laugh. Oh, hundred percent, and watch again and again and again and again and again. Don't watch Matthew Morrison trying to do it. Don't watch anyone else but Donald O'Connor. Again, it's that kind of thing of even though it is, it's very old timey. Yeah, it's very it's very vaudeville. Yeah, but when you watch it, I still side split laugh. Like, yeah, it's amazing. So funny. It's the first time we had that little like circle run. Yeah, that Homer Simpson made famous. <laughs> well, and like what I find so impressive about it, if 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 we saw that number in a movie that came out in 2016, it would be impressive, but maybe not as impressive because you would assume there's CGI or they're using wires or they did it in exactly. 15 different takes or there's stunt doubles. But this is Donald O'Connor running around on a soundstage, you know, no help. No help. And making making these feats of acrobatics happen. One take. Yeah? So the story goes? Well, I, no, no, I don't, I think there were m- multiple takes, but, like, the end is all uh-huh. one shot, is what I mean, one shot. That is so impressive, to remember all your cues, yeah. timing, spot, like, marks. Holy moly! Holy moly. It's crazy. What a man. Yeah. What He's a man. Gift, a gift to mankind. Make them laugh, make them laugh. Don't you know everyone wants to laugh? <laughs> my dad said, Be an actor, my son. But be a comical one, they'll be standing in lines for those old honky tonk monkey shines. Or you could study Shakespeare and be quite elite. And you could charm the critics and have nothing to eat. Just look on a banana peel, the world's at your feet. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. They don't make them like they used to. No, they Let's don't. Let's talk about that. Who do we have nowadays that you could be like, yeah, you could do that? Like legitimately a triple threat dancer, singer, actor? Completely. Not like this. I mean, we don't have our tap numbers anymore. This is it. And even like in revivals and stuff, you'll get moments where people will jump in and they'll be all right. But the choreography has been reduced. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of dumbed down. Like if we think about someone like, I say someone like Sutton, right? Who I yeah. think is probably one of the closest we've got. For sure. Even in Anything Goes, I, I know she dances for the whole dance break, but the choreography she's doing, it's not too difficult. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do think, to Broadway stage actors' credit, they're singing and dancing at the same time. And it's, you know, let's not pretend Very for a second true. that these that they were actually singing while they were dancing Good Morning or Make Them Laugh. Very good point. Very good point. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's no, that's true. I never really thought of that. <laughs> Just I even, but even if we look into the world of movie musicals, yeah, we get none of this. No, it's anymore. It's like bleeding with talent. This whole movie, like legitimate, actual, visceral performing talent. And I'm trying to think, like, when did that stop? Was it the seventies? That's the sixties and the seventies. It's you know yeah. whenever whenever tap fell out of favor. But that just makes no because even like oh, it just makes no sense. Yeah, because if you think like, because obviously the seventies we still had Fosse. Yeah, and I guess it was kind of after him. Yeah, but even there was not, there was even nothing in the you 80s. know Fosse Fosse changed the choreography bent from being big and bold and brash to being tiny and reserved and intentional and quiet. But then it was still it was still also I would say it's still athletic because that's the thing is I would call these yeah. guys athletes, and I would say that Fosse and Gwen and Anne Ranking and Ben Vereen, like these guys were all athletes because it was so perfect but again you never you never really see that like the, I think, one, the one that i guess comes to mind is like hairspray yeah, i feel like that's yeah. been the hairspray is is very athletic is very dance extravaganza but then it's i don't know even then it's it doesn't it doesn't feel the same thing things don't feel like they have the same technical skill that singing yeah. in the rain does you know yeah hairspray is very good and certainly to the trained eye is very technical and important but it doesn't you know, it it looks like dance hall dance. It looks like you know you're you're dancing for fun. Where like tap dance is like you you are dancing on a on a dime. Literally, if you're in Forty Second Street, <laughs> <laughs> the fun for you. 
it makes me it makes me sad because it's it's what I love. Like one of my favorite shows that I've ever done was Anything Goes, mm-hmm. and it was when I learned to tap. Yeah, and it is just you feel so proud because of what you're achieving. Mm-hmm. It feels amazing to perform those numbers. Yeah, and it's great fun to watch. I was yeah. like, I want it back. Choreographers of the world, if you're listening, we need a tap dance renaissance. Make it happen. <laughs> Can I put this um, hypothetical st- uh, story option in your hat? Yeah, please do. You've, you've told me briefly about this before, but I want to I hear you spell it out. Cosmo Brown, Donald O'Connor's character, is a gay character. Bump, bump, bump. And I think I've thought this long before I had gay and musical theater on my mind, but I like... If you want, and I was looking for it this time, the way Cosmo treats Lena when Lena is trying to muscle in on what is his turf with Don Lockwood, and like <laughs> they've been friends for the longest time, and the number of like even when uh, Don says like Cosmo, you're my best friend, and he has these moments which I'm sure I'm reading in, like I'm sure this wasn't scripted specifically, uh-huh. but like you're my closest friend, and he's like, oh yes friend i am your closest friend we are friends we are two male friends who are just friends and all we are are friends and like that's an exact quote from the film as well (laughs) (laughs) it's a camden and green original it's you know and you you couldn't it's as close as you could get to writing a gay character without writing in, in the 50s you couldn't have a gay character an out gay character and an overt gay character at all cosmo brown is a gay character I saw a really good, a really good YouTube series recently, all mm. about this. I can't remember who did it. Yeah, I, um, you should were, Google. Someone should Google it. Probably, it's yeah, probably it was called, called it was something like "Musical Theater is so um, gay." Uh, That's what it was. Gay. Musical theater or, is so gay. <laughs> or if you'd like, hashtag humblebrag. At least right now, <laughs> if you type just the words "musical theater" into YouTube, it's like the third result. Um, well hey i know moving up in the world um yeah but yeah coded gay characters in musical theater once you start looking out for them they're all over the place completely well i mean we've talked about before natasha pierre great comment 1812 i'm still i swear (laughs) dolikoff is a gay man and he is (laughs) fully in love with um they are you're right though they are everywhere and yeah i I think you make the really good point in your video when you talk about composers like cole porter Mm -hmm. who are writing these lyrics that literally are saying gay 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 right and it's that way for them to be like i exist and you wouldn't have this form without me but then what i wonder about this Mm -hmm. is there's no gay production team lesbian production you know i mean there's no everyone involved is straight well so well yeah as far as we (laughs) as far as we know i i think both donald and um uh gene kelly have sorted histories Really? I think there have at least been rumors. Hollywood in the 50s. Everyone was gay in Hollywood in the 50s. Or everyone was at least flexible in in Hollywood in the 50s. Okay. Interesting. I would never have thought that from Gene Kelly, though. Because he emits this masculinity. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Fred Astaire, I'll give you. (laughs) (laughs) See, even then, he's so I would totally go the other way. I would call Fred Astaire straighter than Gene Kelly. I don't know. He's so straight, Gene Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) But Donald O'Connor, I can give you. But then, is that just because of Cosmo? Uh, It could be. Maybe, you know, he's doing the great actor. I know he's, I think he's been married a couple times to women. I should specify. <laughs> I mean, I look. I always look at Car- well. I look at like Cosmo in that film, and I just I'm like, I feel you, buddy. I feel you. I've been there. I've had those straight friends, and I've been like, yeah, I'll do anything for you. Yeah, of course. I don't mind staying up till three a.m. Follow you to the end of the girlfriend. world. Yeah. yeah, completely. Like your heart bleeds. Yep. For Donald Connor in that film, because he also, you know, he gets a happy-ish ending. It kind His of. His best friend gets the girl, and he's like, oh, <laughs> that's what you want. Yay. <laughs> Even even RF gets his money, but 
poor little Cosmo just sits there. And I think you're right. Like the relationship that he has with Lena Lamont is again. I've had that relationship with. I mean, I think <laughs> with of, overpowering of, diva <laughs> of people in the movie, Cosmo Brown hates Lena Lamont more than anyone else. Mm. He has more lines against her, more sarcastic quips about her than anyone else in this whole show. Completely. And also the relationship that he has with Debbie Reynolds yeah. is really platonic. Yeah. Not in the sense of, oh, I know you're you're interested in my best friend, so I'm not gonna go there. It is literally like a buddy relationship. Yep. But with a female. And that doesn't happen in those days. Do you nope. know what I mean? Nope. In our in our chauvinistic hat wearing time. Yeah, exactly. I think that makes it very, very apparent. And also Gene Kelly's wearing fabulous eyeshadow, so <laughs> Who could resist, you know? He's getting the mixed signals. That's what it is. All I do is dream of you the whole night through. With the dawn, I still go on dreaming of you. You're every thought, you're everything, you're every song I ever sing. Summer, winter, autumn, and spring. And were there more than 24 hours a day? They'd be spent a sweet content dreaming of So this is coming to Broadway soon. This was news to me. I didn't know this at all. So the production has come from France. Okay. I can't pronounce the name of the company that did it. It's something like Théâtre du Châtelet. I don't know if that's right. Thank you. Um, Paris, France. They're doing. Are they? Do you think they're trying to do the same thing they did with an American in Paris? Yeah, it's the exact same company. Exact same thing. I bet you they're trying to do the exact same thing they did with American in Paris. You couldn't get more similar. A big old, big old dance show. Yeah, I mean, like written by the freed the freed unit that was turned into a musical. You know what I mean? It's yep. just almost oh, a revival, I guess. Yeah, so it's it's coming. It looks it looks really good. It looks a lot better than the kind of recent Chichester one that we had in London. They did quite well, and it was all right. Yeah, is that the one that was on that Royal Variety performance that I've seen on uh-huh. YouTube? Uh-huh. Yeah, I have seen with that. It, it was umbrellas. fine. Yeah, the Chichester is known for churning out fantastic productions. Yeah, in terms of design, like so they did the recent Gypsy. Okay, yes, which is fabulous. Yeah, the design is exemplary. They did the recent Sweeney Todd with Imelda and Michael Ball. Um, they've just done an amazing production of Barnum. Okay, and they're going to do Half a Sixpence, which I know <laughs> is your favorite musical. <laughs> so there's lots of things. There's lots of really really great things that they're churning out i don't think singing in the rain was their best yeah but it had a run on the west end for a good while like a really good while really successful tour but the looks of it this production from theatre du chatelet uh-huh who knows looks better it look i mean the stuff they did with an american in paris was just stunning it was so yeah. beautiful and like it was just a joy to watch completely the, i mean the choreography in fact I know I've just talked about how they don't make them like they used to, but to be honest, in yeah. that show, the choreography was sensational. Yeah, like it's it, true. That, the performance that they did on the Tonys was moving. So have you ever, have you looked up any pictures of anything from it? So I'm watching a compilation video right now and it yeah. looks, it looks really cool. It's all in this like black and white kind of. It's all of... black and white. Yeah. yeah the that's whole really thing, cool. the whole thing, apart from, um, Broadway, Broadway. Of course, which would be just vomiting Technicolor. Exactly. I I think uh, as a design, it looks really, really cool. Some nice moments, but it, it, I think it totally covers what we said earlier. Yeah, it looks exactly like the movie on stage, and that's what I think. That's what you do with this kind of frame by frame, scene by scene. And I guess I suppose why change it? Why it's? I mean, it's perfect. It's really, it really is. Despite you know the stupidness of Broadway rhythm and some of the stupidness of like the um, fashion show sort of stuff, it's just so well constructed in its tiny moments, and it's just fun. It's just fun to watch and experience. I think it flows really well. Yeah, and again, it's the name "Singing in the Rain." Singing everyone, the rain. everyone wants to see it. And be like, oh, I know, I know that movie. Well, let's, we're from Oklahoma. Let's go see "Singing <laughs> in the Rain," honey it. dear. Whoa, I'll get go to the TKTS Kelly guy. Yeah. Um, that was, I'm sorry, that was really offensive to <laughs> Midwestern America. The thing that annoys me about the musical uh-huh. is it's like, come and see how we do rain on stage. Yeah. And that's the only thing that they're ever focusing on. Yeah. Or getting people in. Now, I'm like, 
it's literally the 21st century, it's right? It's really, it's Theater, really... Theatre, you can, like, have 3D holograms yeah. on stage now. I've... I know of high schools that have done rain on stage. Like it's right. not. I, yeah, my my uni amateur company did a production of Island Theatre and they had a freaking waterfall yeah. running for the whole show. Like we we get it. Yeah, you could do it. No, that isn't to say that I don't love right rain on stage and water on stage. But I think trying to use that, excuse me, as your selling point as a marketing gimmick nowadays, uh, silly. I think silly. Water. I don't know. Water on stage has this like weird does this weird thing to me. It, it makes me feel amazing. <laughs> it feel so good. I don't know that it's because it's like it's not supposed to be there, uh-huh. but it's really, really great. I remember I saw this amazing production of Midsummer Night's Dream, uh-huh. where basically they had the whole Athenian scene at the start, and then Philistrate started stripping, and we're like, "Hey, what's going on here?" And then he just like falls to the side and falls into the stage with this massive splash, and there was just this hidden pool. Ooh. Right? And then it all starts, the whole stage just starts raining. That's very cool. And then that was the fairy world. It was really, really good. And it's always been my ambition to have a show. Where it rains on stage? With rain in it. I'm singing in the rain Just singing in the rain What a glorious feel And I'm happy again I'm laughing at clouds So dark up above And the sun's in my heart And I'm red You hate him. You hate him so much. I really don't like Gene Kelly. That's so interesting. I enjoy some, like, I I appreciate his talent and his technical prowess. I think some yeah. of his directorial stuff is great. I love what he did with Hello Dolly. I think as a person, he was a part of and set a precedent for directorial behavior that has been detrimental and that Hollywood is still feeling the repercussions of today. Do you think, do you think he started it? Do you think he started bad directing? I don't think he started that kind of, like, overwhelming, chauvinistic, like, uh-huh. root oppressive directing um certainly alfred hitchcock was much worse than gene kelly just to pluck an example out of the air yeah but i'm thinking like jerome robbins like he was mean like he he like persecuted the cast of west side story i I have (laughs) i have no i i will not suffer directors like that i will call them out on that bullshit because i don't think that's necessary i don't think it was necessary then and it's certainly not necessary now and the fact that it became the norm in the 30s, yeah. 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, is a destructive presence that we are still trying to break down as a culture. You know, it's true. It, it is true that we are like trying, like you say, trying to break it down. Because I've, I mean, I've been reading a few books and things about directing, and particularly directing in musical theatre. And the like, literally every single book has a paragraph being like, "Yes, we know Jerome Robbins was really good and he got good results, but please don't do it like that." Like, right. Every single book I read, even if it's completely unrelated. And like it's, I think it's it is important to continue to call those things out, to never yeah. hand wave them away because we've been hand waving them away for decades, and you know it's twenty sixteen. It's time to and as do you know what? Like it doesn't help because as a director, mm-hmm. it does annoy me when people think that you have to be a dick to get the job done. No, and so like new directors come in and they they kind of put on this persona and i'm like just please stop like please stop because you're it's going to take you twice as long to get something out of your actor it's going to take you twice as long to get your actors to trust you mm-hmm. sure you may gain the respect quite quickly but just because they're scared of you like that's not how it should yeah. be i see so many new directors trying to put on this mean persona i say stop new directors it's just, it's just unnecessary it's just unnecessary <laughs> we're we're all professionals trying to get the same thing done. There's no reason to play games. Yeah. Have you ever, in your land of tech, uh-huh. have you ever had to work with any evil demon directors? All the time. College. Um, this is yeah. my apologies to theatrical college professors out there. And some of some college professors I've had have been fabulous. But one of the things I've noticed about a lot of theatrical education professionals, both in at the college level and the high school level, is that education is their plan B. They wanted to do whatever it is they do professionally, 
and this is their backup plan. And because it's their backup plan, they go into it with like a repressed sense of hatred towards these, you know, young, uh, aspiring professionals that comes out in their direction. You know, of course, directing professors have a proclivity for the egomaniacal, for the controlling. It is a no-brainer. And then that's all the more reason to be self-aware about it. Completely. I had an acting professor in college, because I also, I acted a little bit in college, and it was like acting two, I think. And I had completed some, it was The Glass Menagerie. Do you know how many times I've had to do scenes from The Glass Menagerie? Stop using scenes from The Glass Menagerie. Um, (laughs) Like a scene I had done in high school in acting classes, doing it again in college and finish the scene and the the acting teacher who was a directing professor is sitting in the front of the class and turns to one of my classmates to the left and goes did you believe it and then turns to a classmate on the other side and goes did you believe it and then looks at me and goes i didn't believe it and i'm like okay that's fine but there are more constructive ways to communicate that piece of feedback there are How ways that aren't going to be so so mean. Just so mean. There it's is just no, mean. It's, yeah. it's just mean. Like, you're never going to get yeah. anything from yeah. that. There is no actor who could take that note and right. be like, ah, oh, okay, I'm inspired yeah. by that. that see that mocking that you just did of we're me? We're in a Great, classroom. I'm ready to go do it now. Yeah. Can you can oh. you imagine a math teacher writing on top of like a kid who got a C on the quizzes test being like, "You suck at math." Like, no. Exactly. You write exactly. try better next time or come see me so we can figure this out. Like completely. Bothers me. Bothers me so much. So, it is why yeah. I will not suffer some of Gene Kelly's antics. Fair enough. <laughs> I still still fancy him, but that's like. Have you ever suffered that horrible thing of having your hostess ask you to sing? And just because you're so polite, you mumble through your teeth, all right, and suddenly a deathly gloom descends upon the entire room. And the whispering gallery starts to ring with Hold your hats, she's gonna sing. Well, here I am with great regret, an innocent victim of etiquette. I'm going to sing, but not for long. And though it's old, it's a lovely song. Singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling. I'm happy again. That was singing in the rain. It was. I feel all dry now. Yeah, I'm soaked. Don't you? Soaked to the core. <laughs> now I'm going to be As wet ever. for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy, we have a quiz question for <laughs> the topic of next week's show. Okay. You ready? Can you tell me what it is? I I'm can. ready. The source material for this musical was quite controversial, and talks of censorship made it into the American political discourse. In one censorship hearing, a politician criticized the censorship attempt, saying, quote, Are we going to start attacking ABC for scandal? I mean, where does this stop? End quote. Sassy politician. I know, what show could that I be? I love it. I have no idea. That's all very political and exciting. <laughs> it's almost as good as our trivia question for this week i think it's better than our trivia question for this week (laughs) ever so slightly um because it's actual trivia anyway anyway if you could pop along to our itunes it would help us out so so much if you could give us a little review yeah say some happy things about the podcast or some sad things i mean guess sometimes (laughs) thank you as well to the people who have already left a review you're lovely people i know everyone always says this but it would actually help us it it actually does help us a whole lot yeah if you want to get in contact with us i'm tommy i'm on at musical mash on twitter or you can find me at musical theater mash on youtube and i am also on twitter uh, at as in hendrix the spelling of my name people get very confused by that (laughs) i'm also on youtube I don't make that much, but I will. 
Uh, or we have a show Twitter that's at Jim and Tomic on Twitter. Or you can go onto our website, jimandtomic.com. And also you'll be able to get a link to our Reddit discussion. Yeah, we want to talk with you. Yeah, exactly. We have some great chats over there. Every, every week, every podcast, there's some really exciting discussions. And it's so interesting hearing your opinions and your experiences of the show in greater than 140 characters so <laughs> yeah come and come and speak to us over there absolutely and tell your friends you know this great musical yeah. theater podcast they should listen to we want this basically to be playing at musical mondays every monday your bars across the world let <laughs> 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 me switch this on global domination is a goal that's the aim you know it's fine <laughs> it's gonna happen and i guess We'll see you next Wednesday. See you then. Bye! (laughs) Do you believe the whole thing about the milk? Putting milk in the water? No, I think that's one of those made-up trivia things. Yeah, exactly. What about the whole thing about him being ill? I also think that's one of those made-up trivia things. That's the one, though, that I'm not sure if it is, because everyone says that. Yeah. A lot That's of people everywhere. Do you know how many people believe in Bigfoot? Like me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of Maestro Music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.